Good evening. It is Wednesday, the 19th of September, 2012. The time is 20 minutes past eight. My name is Garen Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you're listening to our Errand of Mercy. It's not often we do an episode on a Wednesday, is it? I know, but you've been like in Swansea and that. Again, yeah. So <laughs> Again, back to yeah. Swansea, back to the well. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rail systems meant that essentially I wasn't able to get back to, you know, my computer until today. And now we're able to do the show. Um, I believe we've mentioned before that obviously, like, we don't do the show in the same location. I'm in Manchester. Where are you, Simon? I'm in, uh, I'm in Nottingham. No, you might have seen, Simon, there was a story this week, a study had been done uh, exclusively for the uh, BBC, as far as I can tell, um, into uh, legal piracy in yeah. Britain. I was hoping we were going to talk about this. <laughs> so, Simon, do you, do you know what the most piratical city in Britain is? Is it, is it Manchester? It is. Do you, do you know what the second most piratical city in uh, Britain is? That would be Nottingham. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm kind of worried are we like are we somehow skewing the statistics here well, or something? I do. I, are we doing something i'm not sure how just us would skew the statistics <laughs> we'd have to download a, a shitload of things i think it's also important to note but apparently the uh the, the most downloaded thing is ed sheer um, is it, so yeah, I, yeah I, no i yeah i heard about that as well I think that probably absolves us from blame. Yeah, because I, uh, I straight up bought that album. And I would never have been seen <laughs> in dead any like within a mile radius of the Ed Sheeran album. <laughs> hey, it's great. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, good. It's, it's good by Clerical Error. As we as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, have discussed before, yeah. So, errand of mercy, weirdly connecting with the world of internet crime this week. I you see, I was kind of annoyed that Manchester and Nottingham aren't pirate baron walled cities, like <laughs> like they insist a levy from you when you enter or you get carted off, like some kind of merchant prince ran. But that, that's why I couldn't come into Manchester yesterday. It was because they were having their pirate festival, you know. <laughs> but I came back today. There were people with eye patches rolling drunk on rum in the gutters. There probably was, though, wasn't there? There probably was. Yeah. Because it's well, a because it's Manchester and everything goes, and yeah. b because it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day today. Is, is it? Yeah, I I didn't know. I luckily i've managed to avoid that one in tribute to that we'll be spending the entire uh, episode not talking like pirates <laughs> good you know i can never tell with you simon i'm always <laughs> on edge like you could you could have gone either way with that i'm i'm actually i'm actually saving my silly voice quota for this weekend because um i'm taking part in a weekend long dungeons and dragons campaign <laughs> this weekend <laughs> and i'm playing a half elf sorcerer who speaks with a um an affected slightly maltese accent the last time i played dungeons and dragons i was a i was a dwarf cleric with post-traumatic stress see like i think that the uh, the measure of a DD player is told by what kind of character they create (laughs) i think so yeah and i'm a i'm a flamboyant charismatic half elf and you're a you're a dwarf with ptosd (laughs) i I was essentially playing animal mother from full metal jacket that was my that was my dmd character (laughs) did you like yourself at the end 
No, but I was I was because I was a cleric, I was like obsessed with killing the undead. Yeah. To like detriment of anything the party was attempting to do. <laughs> There's a tweet to my character where I have a weird relationship with magic. So essentially it seems like I'm always casting spells, even when I'm just talking to people because of the way I move my hands and phrase my and phrase words and stuff. So essentially anybody who's non-magic sensitive is always worried I'm going to set them on fire. I think I think you know a lot of people are down on um on the type of nerds who play Dungeons and Dragons and rightfully so. Yeah. But I think there's a, there is definitely a lot of scope for comedy. I, I know, yeah, there's a lot of role playing games. I did play once uh, one once where I where I was a character and one of my special abilities was a knowledge of German industrial techno. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play Vampire the Masquerade, and one of the members of Hey, don't you laugh? Yeah, like it's the funniest thing. It is the best. It is the best thing. Did you play it at, while it was still kind yeah. of light outside, about or seven o'clock at night like, in graveyard, clo- 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 closing the curtains and lighting an incense stick or something? <laughs> Who's bringing the incense sticks tonight? Oh, Davis. Oh, sorry, I forgot them. No, oh, we can't yeah. pretend to be vampires now. You got sort of like in a dark room and someone's mum coming in. I was like, I've brought you squash and biscuits. <laughs> no, mum, we don't want squash and biscuits. We're the undead. <laughs> We're lords of the night. <laughs> Leave them outside the door. <laughs> Push them under the door frame. <laughs> <laughs> drinking, like, drinking blood orange juice. Oh, team goss. You'll never not be funny. But the thing is, like, I was the only member of the group who wasn't a team goth. Yeah, so there was like well, you, I just like just used to kind of hang out in t-shirts and jeans. Yeah, I mean, as as we've discussed, you were a teenage anarchist. You exactly. Golf. Yeah, I, and I, one of the members of our party for Vampire the Masquerade, or troop, as as they call them, was a uh, was a Malaclavian vampire with satirism. So he was <laughs> he was addicted to violent sex. So basically. <laughs> Every single time we met a new character, somebody had to hold him down or mentally dominate him from stopping him from raping them. For God's sakes, like, seriously, like, who comes up with this shit? Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> gothy teens, I guess. Gothy teens, yeah. Goth- gothy teens love satirism. And that That's... those weird guys who hang out in comic book shops. Like, I don't mean just, like, the general inhabitants of comic book shops. I mean, that, that one, like kind of creepy gothy paedophile who hangs out in comic books yeah yeah the, the games workshops have them as well that, that one guy a lot of them. yeah that one guy that you wish would leave i used to work <laughs> for games workshop we used to have quite a few of them just go away you're scaring all the cool people you're scaring all the nice people who we like to yeah, talk about yeah you're, you're scaring all the cool people in in the games <laughs> shut up i can't even finish this sentence you're a terrible person you really are I hope, I hope you're aware of that. Yeah, I am. I am aware, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Don't be ragging on nerd kind. Yeah, I, I think I will continue to. I rag think on. I shall continue. No, sir. I shall continue, sir. <laughs> so yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing D and D this weekend, and then actually, speaking of nerd kind, next weekend I'm at Eurogamer Expo. Oh, cool! And I, I'm not just at Eurogamer Expo. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm at Eurogamer Expo as a member of the press. Madness! I've been given a press pass. I may actually be able to score an interview with uh, with one of the head games developers at Crytek. There, there, there are big 
computer man company. <laughs> you <laughs> sound computer... like my fucking granddad. <laughs> They're computer men's. <laughs> the computer men's. Have you been at that convention with them computer men's? You like, love the computer men's. I, I do like my computer men's. I, I like my computer games, but yeah. I never really paid a great deal of attention as to who's making them. <laughs> I'm going to like a seminar that Hideo Kojima is doing on 25 years of Metal Gear Solid. It's going to be awesome. I was literally going to ask who's that guy, and I was like, "Is he that guy Simon really likes?" Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> cool. he's he's an amazing he's an amazing Japanese man. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. I don't know how, but I kind of managed to accidentally into video game journalism. Yeah, I like you, because that that that's my next question. Because you're not a member of the press. Or video games journalist. It's embarrassingly easy to, <laughs> to to get into that shit. I had a I had a mate at university. I'm not going to name him because somebody might link him to his now reasonably successful computer gaming news website. But he started that website in third year just as a way to get free Xbox games. And okay. in, in literally off, off, off the air, do you want to tell me who that is? Oh, that guy! Right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I know who that is. But he just started it to to get free Xbox games, and like within a month, mm. within a month, he he started getting free games. <laughs> so it's it's reasonably easy because I guess because like games developers respect the wishes of the masses. Kind of now that like they've seen the amount of massive backlashes that can happen if you do something wrong, a la the end of Mass Effect Three. They like don't, to don't talk to me about that. <laughs> exactly. They like to keep they like to keep people in the loop. So it's reasonably easy to to get yourself into one of those. Basically, all you do is you set up a blog, like I have, and you write some stuff about video games occasionally, and mm. then you send them some of your articles, and if they like them, they'll let you go to stuff for free. And it's really that, that easy. That's really that's good. I mean, yeah. like I I have a blog, but I don't think I could write about video games. Yeah, no, that's fine. You can't, you you ha- you have a different approach. I'll, I'll actually... find my own, I'll find my own niche. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going for the slogan: t-shirts and baggy jeans market. It's yeah. a, it's a well worn path, but I, th- I think it's one that I'll fit into reasonably well. So speaking of the internet, I've had a few really busy days at work. On busy days at work, what I tend to do is just come back home and and sit on reddit or similar websites and just look for funny things because oh i mean that must be difficult if you're on reddit oh is reddit over now yes reddit's been over for a while hasn't it it's been over for a while man. i'm not sure where i found this image but i saved it to my computer to use Mm. on the podcast because it's a um it's an amazing image I think the picture isn't really that important. It's one of those things, you know, like the the imager and um, and Flickr things that people do, where they they take a stock picture and put words over the top of it. Yeah, image macros, but yeah. but not just an image macro. It's like here is here is a bunch of stuff that I want you to read that I've hidden in this picture. So you think it's a picture, but actually it's a bunch of crazy words. So it's like a stock photo in the background. And so then... yeah, it's like it's like a sort of yeah, it's like a an instagrammed picture yeah. of yeah. a thing and just loads of words over it yeah i found that i i like to find those because usually they're either they're either a good example of ridiculous hipsters trying to sound philosophical or just pure straight up crazy things 
And, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm kind of getting the feeling this is a thing I'm not cool with. Yeah, <laughs> this seems like one of those things. That if I if I see more of them, might be one of those things that absolutely positively have to stop happening. But not yet. Not quite yet. But it's not, not at yet. an epi- epidemic level. No, but um, I can see it ha- going that way soon. This picture is about gay dinosaurs. It poses uh. the question: Did homosexuality kill off the dinosaurs? It's kind of my my conspiracy theory of the week as well. We haven't done one of those in a very long time, but we haven't, no. But yeah. it's got that weird, you know, that weird, really methodical approach to insanity that conspiracy <laughs> theories have, where they yeah. they bullet point all of their um, all of their concepts and yeah. they they like display them out, and they're like, and now that proves my point, and nobody else agrees. Just taking your crazy, chopping it up and putting yeah, yeah. it into bullet points doesn't make it less crazy. Yeah, that that thing that crazy people think if it's in bullet points, it starts. It suddenly makes sense. You know, yeah. it does. So I've got a great example of that for you here. Right. Okay. Well, so I want to see if you can follow me, follow my my train of logic here. This isn't something I actually believe or think. This is something I found on the internet. In the Bible, dinosaurs are serpents and behemoths who do not submit to God's grace. Well, I guess it's, it's a it's a supposition. I yeah. think he's he he he's he's doing some textual he or she is doing some sort of textual analysis of the scriptures there. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, okay. I think that some biblical scholars may agree that they didn't submit to God's grace. I would argue that it's difficult for an animal <laughs> to not submit to a non-specific deity's grace. Being yeah. as, well, first of all, how do you forgive an animal? Are they culpable to normal morality? Can we yeah, apply they, it? I, I thought, think the main point is surely they don't have free will. Yeah. Like, from a, the, from a, from a purely deconstructing this from a purely theological standpoint, I always already think he's on slightly shaky ground here. But, but, he's, but, but he's making a point that seems. Let's, let, let, let's take his first supposition here and, and okay. move on with this. All right? So, the second, second supposition is uh, the serpent is a symbol of sexual deviancy and Satanism, particularly radical homosexuality. Okay, like what? No, really. <laughs> There's so many. What? No, yeah. Look, look, you're making a lot of jumps there. Um, no, no. It's not. It's the, not. Only, the only thought that I can think of, like a serpent being used as a symbol, is the old symbol, symbol for pharmacies. For, yeah, like doctors. The, yeah, the, with the with the snake um, coiled around the rod of Hephaestus. Exactly. Like the, so, the, yeah. the god of medicine. So no, and no. also radical homosexuals. Yeah. Satanism, sexual deviancy, and radical homosexuality as well. So I guess maybe those maybe those doctors were up to something we weren't really. Um... I wonder what radical homosexuality is. Is that like? Is it like? <laughs> it's it just homosexuality, but it's rad. <laughs> <laughs> like homosexuality in the eighties, like yeah. ooh, bum sex, yeah. <laughs> like homosexuality on skateboard. <laughs> in the bottom of in the bottom of a half pipe. Yeah, teenage mutant ninja homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, so the second supposition, I think. Like the first one was already a bit shaky. I don't think there's really any basis for this one. Yeah. So his his arguments falling down already. I think. Yeah. But carry on, please. Reproduction is impossible through homosexual sex acts. Well, that is true. Uh, that's true. Okay, he's got one point. Yep. He's, he's out of three. He's got let's say one and a half at this point. Yep. Many homosexuals, including John Wayne Gacy, have been serial killers. 
Whoa. <laughs> uh, um, not yeah. so much. Maybe just John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us a couple more examples and then see. Like, I think what you need to do here, for I mean, if this guy really wants to, you know, approach this properly, needs to collect a list of every serial killer he can find and their sexuality and sort of work out if proportions are roughly right for, you know, the general population, what we'd expect. But I'm uh, not convinced that serial killers are particularly uh, reliably sexually profiled either. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's definitely a wild one there. That, that's uh yeah. So, so, yeah, so that, far, like one and a half out of four, I yeah, think. One, out of four, yeah. Much like today's serial killer homosexuals, so we're assuming that all homosexuals are serial killers. Or that all... all uh, are we assuming that all homosexuals are serial killers? Or that all serial killers are homosexuals? <laughs> it's difficult to say, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, much like today's serial killer homosexuals, dinosaurs live a life of violence and sodomy. What? <laughs> no, but they either. didn't. What? Yeah. What about the the gentle Diplodocus, <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, or the calm and self assured Brontosaurus? Exactly. Yeah i I don't consider those particular. I, I think those are the opposite of violent. I mean, we we've, we've all seen we've all seen one of the fifty Land Before Time films. I'm pretty sure most of the dinosaurs were fairly kind of relaxed, yeah, and childish. <laughs> but like that that whole that whole statement much like today's serial killer homosexuals dinosaurs lived a life of violence and sodomy that doesn't make any sense how <laughs> what much much like the serial killers in the world that are also gay <laughs> dinosaurs. dinosaurs were also gay and violent <laughs> but they, but they weren't like <laughs> they, they just straight up weren't it's not like we found any fossil records with like a t-rex bumming another t-rex whilst eating a brontosaur that doesn't yeah. happen what, what he found it's like he, he's they found no didn't you read about this they found like embedded in a, like a siberian glacier like a triceratops mounting another triceratops and holding a switchblade to its throat <laughs> Oh, there was the really famous Colombian crater that they found stuffed full of raptors that were just having like a huge gay raptor orgy at the point when the meteors hit. Yeah, a massive gay orgy. Also in the crater, there was loads of shallow graves filled with murdered dinosaurs. (laughs) That would be a fucking... That's a crazy party. (laughs) Imagine if you were the the archaeologist who... Gradually, yeah. over weeks of painstaking brushwork, unearthed a massive gay raptor orgy. Well, you know, maybe this guy has. I don't think we're seeing all his evidence here. Maybe that's him. Yeah, maybe maybe that's he's him. that guy. Maybe and his that. final point is, is fueled by Satanism, violence and sodomy, dinosaurs had little chance to survive as a species. <laughs> it's a really... That's, yeah... Okay. <laughs> they're not they're not just homosexuals, they're radical homosexuals. So it's like it's like T Rexes on skateboards just rolling yeah. around the countryside, eating the, things, having sex with other male T Rexes and and, uh, and worshipping yeah. Satan. They're rad homicidal homosexual lizards. Now there now there is a band name. <laughs> Johnny T-Rex and the rad homicidal homosexual lizards. They play jazz funk fusion. You probably haven't heard of them. Anti-gay, post-gay, rad-gay. 
<laughs> it's the next step on. Yeah. Also, they're Satanist as well, which would yeah, like... yeah, that's like that's a whole other angle. I mean, does this guy like when he sees a snake? Does he think it's like worshiping Satan? <laughs> what just by being a snake? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, just by just like no. Well, while we're not looking, like snakes all form up into pentagrams. <laughs> <laughs> What, like he opened his cellar door and like loads of snakes ran away from, from like a, a ritual sacrifice of, of a gecko. Yeah, exactly. Slithered like, into the corners of his basement. <laughs> yeah, he just had a gecko like in a ring of candles. <laughs> that the snakes Snake had somehow laid out. Man. And then like he checked and found two snakes bumming each other in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and a crater full of raptor orgy bones. <laughs> That's a that's a crazy basement. <laughs> crazy basement. What have you got in your basement? Well, I've got a uh, I've got a sacrificial pit with a gecko stretched out in it, a bunch of snakes having gay sex, and a mass grave filled with gay raptors. <laughs> You're okay. okay. <laughs> Mine's just got like a, a tumble dryer in it. No, that's good. Um, I, I like that. I think that's a good conspiracy theory of the week. I, we I'm can glad put we... the we can put the picture up. I think we should. Much like the Theory of Fear of the Week, there's another feature um, I think we've left somewhat underused, and that's our awesome guy of the week. Yeah. So an occasional thing. I've got got a superb awesome guy of the week this week. I discovered him uh, today while I was on the train reading the newspaper. I would like to introduce you to Anthony Perry, who is is an elderly man from, uh, I believe, from London. Now, Anthony, he had a he had a, he had a stepfather, who um he was a not a great guy. This guy, his stepfather was called Michael Young. He was an extreme right wing racist. He devoted much of his life propagate, propagating a skewed form of biblical fundamentalism. Basically, he just like wrote angry letters to people, was a dick to everyone, and once threw awful over the prime minister of Kenya. Wow, he seems like a. Uh... He seems like the kind of guy who might think that all dinosaurs are gay. Probably, he's exactly that sort of guy. He's the sort of guy who thinks that all dinosaurs are gay, and that explains why black people are inferior or something. Just somehow, kind of through some through some insane chain of logic. Apparently, um, Michael Young, this racist douchebag, passed away in 2000, just after his 100th birthday. He left all his money to his stepson, Anthony Perry. So what he did was he gave some money to his daughter to like help her out with some things. He bought himself a new suit, and then he had £10,000 left over. And so he's dedicating his life to giving money to people to things that would have pissed off his stepdad. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. So he basically said, like... So Anthony Perry says, like, he was totally self-centred, had no interest in anything beyond his Bible studies and the preparation of his meals. He neither read a newspaper or stood out of his house for the last 10 years of his life. It is hard to find any redeeming features in the man. If he hears someone has done something that he thinks is good and would annoy his stepdad, he sends them a check. So, like... (laughs) People who planting trees, um, sending disadvantaged children to summer camp, running a drop-in centre, just send them sort of a hundred pounds. He said he gave a hundred pounds to a handyman who he discovered was helping older people with free household repairs. He gave three hundred pounds to a teacher who got an entire sixth form college uh, participating in music, and wrote a cheque to a GP for a thousand pounds because he heard he was accepting patients who were being turned away by other doctors. Nice. He read about a young girl um, who lived nearby who'd, um, who's 
who had a, had just had a baby and her, the father of the baby had been arrested and sent to prison. So he get, gave her £200 of a note saying, get some baby clothes, a pram, and just generally cheer yourself up. Oh, what a nice guy. And if he sees somebody nice, we'll just give him like £20. So he gave £20 to a bishop from Foot for the Day, said something he agreed with. Um, he said, <laughs> that's, that's probably my favourite one. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Here's some money. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, he said twenty pounds for this cartoonist Steve Bell um, for for writing, doing kind of like cartoons making fun of politicians, and um, <laughs> gave twenty pounds to to Brian Shewell, the art critic, for a, a, a critic for he enjoyed, with a note saying that he should spend it on oysters. That's that's a bit weird. That one, the oyster. <laughs> it's all kind of odd. weird, but, but I. Just, but a, it's it's awesome. all kind of weird in a lovably English eccentric way, though, isn't it? I think that's it. He's just he's a lovable English eccentric, and he, the best thing is, like, he donates, he gives all this money under the name of a charity called the Michael Young Foundation. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's yeah. So there you go. Racism is not cool. It's so not cool that after you die, people will just people will just do shit to annoy your ghost. <laughs> exactly. So, Anthony Perry, you are all, you are our awesome guy of the week. Yeah, well done. Good deeds to piss off ghosts. Yeah, good deeds to piss off ghosts. That's something we can get behind. The That's definitely something we can get behind. Because it doesn't really matter whether or not they exist, as long yeah. as you're doing as long as you're doing good deeds. As long as you're going to do exactly piss yeah. off the ghost of a Nazi. Yeah, if you're doing good deeds, which is already a good thing, and you know, if it pisses off a Nazi ghost, then you know, even better. Yeah, everybody <laughs> like wins. Double, double bonus point. It's a good deed combo. So we've got from an awesome old guy to some other awesome old guys. I was originally thinking that maybe these would be our awesome guys of the week, but they did die a few centuries ago. And I ah. kind of feel like I need to be alive to be an awesome guy. Yeah, I think so. Do you think, because then, do, do, because then we'd just be like, it would just be a string of historical figures. Exactly. Like, I mean, I think we need need to lay down some ground rules on these things. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I might have mentioned before that I I enjoy facts. Fact, yep. Facts are a major part of my life, and as such, I do spend a lot of my life on Wikipedia. This was on the front page of Wikipedia a few days ago. It's about John Farrell. Who was a uh, who was a French army fusilier, who had a career that spanned over ninety years of service. Shit. Yeah, he was born in nineteen in sixteen ninety nine and entered the army on the seventeenth of September seventeen sixteen at the age of seventeen, and then served until his death on the tenth of March eighteen oh seven. But what like? Towards the end of that, you can't be massively useful, can you? What is he doing? What's he doing? Well, at like ninety years plus. Well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you some things. Um, okay, so in 1733, he was wounded at the siege of Cal, and then 26 years later, in 1759, when he was 60, he was wounded after receiving several sword sword slashes. Um, several as well. That's se- how they did things back in those days. Like one sword slash. What's, yeah, what's se- wrong with you? Get back in the fight. Yeah, Se- several, including six to the head. Right? Okay, <laughs> this is seventeen fifty nine, and to think about it, he carried on serving till eighteen oh seven. He was still going. <laughs> right, one of Farrell's sons was a corporal and a veteran in the same company. <laughs> Wow. So this is awesome. So in 1747, so how old at this point? It is like late 40s, which yeah. is already pretty damn old. That's pretty old, yeah. Right. 
the doors of a fortress were closed, so he scaled the walls so he'd not miss the morning master. <laughs> right? In some, 70- men, some men are just born to not give a fuck, aren't they? Right. That's just the way that they're made. Yeah, okay, like, here, here's even more not giving a fuck. In 1787, when he was 88... His regiment was ordered to march to the coast to embark on ships of the French Navy. He was given the opportunity to travel in a carriage. He refused and marched the entire distance on foot. Shit. Right. And despite his career, he refused any promotion, preferring to re- remain a, of just an ordinary fusilier. Nice. Good so, yeah. Um, and he was, you know, he was awarded, they created um, medals that basically um, for every 25, and every 24 years of service. And when it was created, he already had two of them coming up. And when he died, he had four. Wow. And on the 26th of October, 1804, at the age of 105, Pharrell became one of the first recipients of the Legion, Don- Legion of Honour, the highest decoration of France. And Napoleon ordered him a pension of 1,200 francs. He was still serving at this point. <laughs> so they gave him a pension. Like that's, that's like basically like at the Oscars when they start to turn the music up on you. If the army <laughs> issue a, you a pension or you're like... still in the army, so you've you done well. I mean, you can pop off anytime you want to, anytime you want to leave the army, anytime, anytime you want to go. Like, Any time no. now. It's like, no, Monsieur Napoleon, I think I shall continue fighting. <laughs> no, I think he probably just looked at him and went, no. <laughs> and he just went back to whatever it was he was doing. Yeah. They probably just marched a hundred miles back to where he'd come from just because yeah. he was such a badass. Yeah. <laughs> Through but, swords. But I, I don't want you to think that, uh, that France was the only country having really old historical badasses. Because I want to talk you, tell you now about William Heisland, who was a British soldier who who lived who lived from 1620 to 1732 and died at the age of 103 okay at the yeah. age of 89 he fought at the battle of Malplaquet 89 fucking hell he was the last survivor of the English civil war <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. Wow! Like, Not also, giving. if you see an 80, 89 year old coming towards you through like the fog of war, you yeah. just get the fuck out of the way, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, like, there's a pit, there's like an oil painting of him, just like waving a sword, like looking really fucking old and waving a sword as well. Um, the best thing as well, this battle where he was eighty nine years old, one of the other guys at the battle, a private, a private McBain, had his three week old baby son in a in a in a bag on his back for the entire battle as well. <laughs> Just the, I'm going to show my son how to be a man. The, the British Army of the seventeen hundreds, just not giving any fucks. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I think I said he died at the age of 103. That's yeah. not right. Okay. At the age of 100, after 80 years of service, um, the Crown said you should probably retire now and yeah. made him a Chelsea pensioner. But three years later, at the age of 103, he was forced to leave after he, after he got married. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then died at the age of 112. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there are two awesome guys from history. Yep. They used to make them different back they then. They did definitely used to make them different. Just like hundred year old guys charging at you waving swords. Yeah. <laughs> 
And now, now what are we doing? We're like fucking <laughs> tweeting pictures of our food. Yeah, that's that's what but we that, do. But that's how, that's how society has fallen. You, they used to be proper people who march hundreds of miles and fight battles, even though they were in their nineties and they had like six sword wounds to the head. Yeah. And now, now I'm now I'm afraid to leave the house in case I have to deal with modern society for too long. I think that so, says yeah. more about me than anything else, though. Old, old badasses of the past, we salute you. I mean, I think the thing is, like, they'd already be awesome because, like, no one back then lived that long. Like, yeah, exactly. they'd be, like, three times as old as everyone else alive. Yeah, but it's, also- like, it's like they'd be shooting people when they were 225. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, that's it. They are. They were essentially the Highlander. Yeah, there can be only... <laughs> portal soldiers. There can be only... Two, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they could be a British one, the French one. Yeah, there's there's the two. Well, like well, that that's being remade soon. Maybe that's what it will be like with Ryan Reynolds as the Highlander. That's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be good stuff. What is it with like so many movies from the eighties are just getting straight up remade and like. Well- I mean, I do kind of want to talk about another kind of, well, not a remake, but, you know, a reboot, I guess. Yeah. Um, I saw Dread 3D uh, yeah. last week. Um, not to be confused still... with Judge Dredd. My Sylvester Stallone for pressure. It's pretty accurate. Please um, just give it to me again. <laughs> it's It's uncanny. <laughs> um you still haven't seen it though have you no i haven't like i think i got out of the cinema and i basically sent time in a text saying have you seen judge dread you should see it see it now <laughs> i've been i was busy this weekend with black mesa sauce i'm sorry um it's it's an excellent film and i highly recommend everyone to see it well not everyone it is obscenely gory it's absurdly gory but it's a very very good film i don't have we done a film review before i don't think we've done a film review before all yeah, right okay what's happened um, okay i'll do a film review then i'm worried um, that we're getting kind of uh, like scarily relevant people might start expecting actual content from us as opposed to like <laughs> jokes about satanist snakes yeah, I'm not, exactly. sure if, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that, but carry on. Uh, we'll see where okay. it takes us. Basically, anyone who knows me will have heard me moaning about action films these days. Essentially, I'll, like, what will happen is I'll watch an action film and complain that it isn't enough like Commando, which is the perfect action film. Um, do, you want to, do you want me to explain why Commando is the perfect action film? I, I feel like one of those unfortunate women that you corner at like, house parties now. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> me. Yeah. I don't really want to know why Commando is the best action film, the, the, but I'm worried reason, that you'll cut me if the, I if I say no. The, the reason it's the perfect action film is Arnold Schwarzenegger has a gun and he shoots the baddies, and then everyone goes yay. <laughs> Actually, no, that like I can get behind that as yeah. a, as a definition. And, and you know, you know that he's a good guy because in the opening credits, you see him and his daughter feeding a baby deer. That's like that's that's how that's how good guys are good. Yeah, exactly. And you know the bad guys are bad because he's shooting them. Like like literally like five feet away from them feeding deers, he's just machine gunning deers. <laughs> no, no, machine gunning bad guys. All right, okay. Trying to kidnap his daughter. Like I literally don't remember like I think they kidnap his daughter and then mate that maybe they're drug smugglers or anything or something, oh, who but cares? it does it doesn't matter. Like because basically 
like the 80s were the prime time for action films because essentially the good guys shot the bad guys and they weren't conflicted about it because they were the good guys and the bad guys were bad guys yeah like i think like the has the only film i can think of recently that's done that is taken they are taken is definitely unabashed this guy is going to shoot and break all of these dudes because they're bad guys exactly okay and that's basically what happens in judge dread judge dread is the good guy yeah the other guys are bad guys and all of the other them. guys all of the other guys are bad guys and and they all die at the end and everyone's happy well that sounds that's good happened. yeah that, that's that, that that's i'm sorry if i've spoiled judge dread for you there but <laughs> but like and there's lots of other good things about it it's only an hour and a half long which is the perfect length this is like the weirdest thing is this this movie doesn't seem like it's that much of a straight remake of anything but it, but it sounds like literally like an action movie from the 80s that's basically it is because it's just a really good judge dread movie it's Are about a catchphrases um i think he does say i am the law at one point nice uh, you know and he's, you know, and there's a bit at the beginning, you know, these are the judges, judge, jury, and executioner, you know, nice. got his catchphrase. I mean, there's there's less witty one-liners. It's not that sort of film, I guess. But, you know, no one's ever, like, there's, he's got a sidekick in the film, who I won't give too much away, but essentially she's the character we relate to. Because obviously Judge Dredd is like, he's a man who shoots people. And so yeah. kind of, we're supposed to be like, oh, I kind of agree with him because they're the baddies. But, you know, and there's another character we, we kind of, I think we're supposed to relate with because she shoots someone and she's kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Then you realise they're baddies, so they do need to be shot. <laughs> the bad man needs to be shot by the good man. And that happens. I feel like you're explaining this to your five-year-old son. But that's it. A good action film should be explainable to your five-year-old son. Nice. Right? Yeah. That, that's okay. It. That's it. And I feel for too long, there hasn't been a film made where, yeah, just like, I mean, Taken was kind of fair. I think it was packed. Taken, there was perhaps a bit too much going on because there just, was a bit, there was a bit of internal conflict there because like he was like an ex CIA cop and yeah. it was a bit gritty. But like, at no point is Judge Dredd conflicted about what he's doing. <laughs> like, that's it. He knows exactly, he has a gun, he knows where the bad guys are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything exactly. will be fine in an hour and a half. So I, I think I, I would recommend to anyone who enjoys a good Arnold Schwarzenegger or sort of diehard style action movie should go and see Judge Dredd. Yeah. And I would say go and see it in 3D because the effects are very good. Do people so. explode <laughs> in three dimensions? Yes, they do. Can you smell the offal? Practically. Practically. Like, but that's the other thing. It's like, it's, it's, there's no shame about the goriness either. Like, oh, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I think, I think a lot of films shy away from like showing ultra violence, but I think Judge Dredd really, it really brings the ultra violence definitely. And that's what you want. I yeah, think that's, that's from, what a, you want. from a movie of Judge Dredd, what the, the one thing you mostly want is ultra violence in slow motion <laughs> and no. <laughs> no conflict like no maybe. one's conflicted about fucking anything <laughs> well that 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 maybe that's what you want g but but i don't think the world's really like that and i'm worried i'm worried about you I, like i think there's space for films about emotions and feelings i gen i enjoy i enjoy films like i enjoy a lot of films you know which have a lot more feeling and sort of subtlety to them 
but sometimes you just want a guy to see a guy rampaging through a tower block killing baddies. Yeah. And I want to know when um, Steven Seagal is going to be back on the silver screen because, because you know, he's been a busy man. He's made so many movies, but they're all going straight to DVD. What's I going think, on there? I think they're going to carry on going straight to DVD. You reckon? I reckon. They've all, they've all got names like Broken Justice. <laughs> like, justice Fist. Justice Fist, Justice Punch, Bad Man Face. Broken Gun. <laughs> gun of Justice. Gun of Justice. Fist punching gun of justice man. <laughs> they're all they're all names of movies that sound like they've been mistranslated from another language and then you see that Steven Seagal is on the cover and you're like, Oh I, no, it's just a Seagal movie. I, I think that's a problem as well. I think like lots of violent films, like because of that sort of like Steven Seagal thing, they've all had to be done to wink and a nod ironically. Like, their action films have generally, in the last three years, either been sort of grim, dark, kind of emotionally conflicted, you know, kind of gritty, like all of those catchphrases. Yeah. Or they've gone sort of like an ironic kind of like relook at sort of, you know, like your sort of expendable stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think, and that's kind of like, it's always really annoyed me that no one's just been making films like Commander. Like, just just guys shooting stuff and that like no level of irony or gritty thinkingness just like just i don't want to think i just want to kill the yeah ain't thomas story i know like you know a I profile don't wanna, of a serial killer i don't want to think i just want to sit down and go yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome! no, no. yeah. that's what <laughs> yeah. i've been watching no, i know exactly what you mean i know exactly <laughs> what you mean yeah i think taken definitely had that effect i'm looking <laughs> i am looking forward to taken two though taken two they had an advert for it during uh before uh dread 3d well of course they did yeah and it, it it does look good it looks good <laughs> it looks yeah it looks like he's gonna he's gonna pu- he punches and shoots bad guys so he's got he's he's coming at it from both angles yeah and this time this time it's his wife and his daughter on the line yeah a lot of baddies are gonna get shot <laughs> eventually we're gonna be taking six and they'll like that they'll they'll turn up at a, a family member's wedding and just get <laughs> his entire family like second <laughs> cousins yeah. <laughs> second cousins <laughs> uncles it- aunts it's it kind of like an exponential thing. In Taken 2, it's two people. In Taken 3, four people will get kidnapped. Yeah. And, and then by Taken 6, it'll be two to the power six, which will <laughs> be like like just shit loads of people, like like 128 people. <laughs> <laughs> they will just turn up to his daughter's wedding and just like yeah. all the aunts and uncles will go into the back of a van and, and he probably That's won't care about that. That's totally going to happen. To- there's totally going to be a Taken set at his daughter's wedding. That's that would be so awesome. Incredible. There's going That's to be a, a great ta- idea for a um, for just a movie anyway. A bunch of hostages get taken at a wedding, and our man, oh, they fucking, come the in. Hangover Three, the Hangover Three, where well, Zach Galifianakis, a, a violent, bloody action. Film. Yeah, where like Zach Galifianakis is like that guy from Full Metal Jacket again. I can literally picture what what'll happen is like the 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 bad guys will be like the catering staff yeah. and they'll have a gun a gun hidden like a different guns hidden in the different layers of the cake. Yeah. Yeah. So like definitely. the top cake will just be like a pistol and the bottom cake will be like an RPG or something. <laughs> the bigger the cake the more powerful the weapon. Yeah. 
Exactly. One of the running themes through both the Hangover movies is that even though Zach Galifianakis' character is mildly mentally retarded, he has like weird Ray Man-esque powers. He has like didactic memory and stuff. Maybe maybe he knows Kung Fu in in the Hangover Three because he's seen so many Kung Fu films. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah, and he just does shitloads of Kung Fu. You could have like Tony Jaa as the leader of the bad guys. And there would be a massive fight scene where a CG Zach Galifianakis fights Tony Jaa. It'd be amazing. <laughs> not a big oh. fan of uh, not a big fan of The Hangover. I've not seen it. I don't think I can really judge. It just doesn't seem like the sort of film I'd like. Ah, uh, you might enjoy it. Yeah, I know. Who you know, enjoy you it, know me. I, I like. I basically I like two classes of films. I like arty, pretentious films, and I like films where people get shot a lot. There's like those, those are the two. Those are my two main film types. They're they're just the two extremes. Like yeah, so, you'll really. be like you watch you watch Mandalay, and then you watch like the original Total Recall. Yeah, the original Total Recall is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, like, but, yeah. That's why the remake is so bad. Which I'm not going to see. No. It looks cool, but I'm not going to go see it because it, it thinks just it's looks so like, It recall. just looks like the fucking minority reports. Yeah. That's it. It's literally, it could just be any other sci-fi action thriller of the last 20 years. <laughs> it doesn't have Arnold Arnie in it so shouting, Damn it, go here again, give them the air. So I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. I fucking love Arnie. Arnie's like yeah. Arnie's seriously one of my favourite filmmakers. I could spend I I could and have spent entire parties just doing Arnie quotes. <laughs> so another another interesting insight into the way that we function socially. They so let off of- some steam, Bennett. <laughs> You're fired. Hey, have you left any for us? Only bodies. <laughs> We were speaking of house parties. I wanted to talk about um, university uh, because, you know, the students are back now in Nottingham. I believe they're back in Manchester. Scourge has returned. Yeah, they're they're blocking up the roads and, like, preventing me from getting home from the train station this evening. I think the area I live, it's quite close to one side of Nottingham University. So... Mm. um, we have a lot of students who live here and I live, I live with a couple of post postgrads and that's kind of cool. But the issue I kind of have is with you know, first and second year students. Just, I mean, I think one of the thing is they remind me how young I used to be. Yeah. And also like, not just how young you used to be where like, like when, when you're a teenager, you kind of have, have a concept that you're young. Mm. 17 18 you feel like you're old but you feel like an old teenager whereas like do you remember how clever we thought we were when we were in first and second year how yeah. much we thought we'd grown up yeah yeah definitely turns out we were like totally fucking wrong on that <laughs> yeah. point jeez like <laughs> so so very wrong just in tesco's doing my weekly shop like i i i got to one aisle and i couldn't i physically couldn't enter the aisle because of the stench of links and dupe jump it was just <laughs> like like guys did you bathe in this stuff what's going on Ugh. how's how's your weird clothing game with like your your t-shirts that are too big for you and your your weird jeans that are like like there's like jeans that are cuffed at the bottom and, oh, I don't get that. Like and 80s Nike high tops. 
I mean, I yeah, I've said my whole thing to you, like kids these days, like they do the, the tongue of their shoes are outside, like their jeans are like tucked into that, so the tongue's yeah. like out. What's yeah. up with that? Like well, p- people, kids who look like that are always the dorks. Yeah, exactly. What's going on there? That's not cool. But What's going like, on with your Rick ridiculous fashions? Yeah, and your 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 cuffed jeans, which are like turned up at the bottoms. Ugh. But the thing is, I realised they they look like I was like, man, these guys look like they're in one direction. And then yeah. I realised that that's because they've only just started university and they haven't made the transition from being in one direction one direction to being in the wanted. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still, still going that, through that that transition. That transition, yeah, that 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 transitional phase. As we've spoken about before, the fact that the wanted are basically like a, a midway through first year student flat. Yeah, who all have their own kind of like parts in the social strata, because the area that I live in is more shared housing than it is than it is halls and that. So there's just a lot of property that. Yeah, I mean, I I literally live like next door to two student halls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you live across the road from the uh, the student hall that I I spent my first year in. Now, yeah, Um, and yeah, yeah, that's got to suck for you. (laughs) There's a lot of weird mixed student groups as well, like girls and guys, but it's it always seems to be like one girl and like five guys, and yeah. A lot of them just bounce around Tesco's, just like these weird kind of groups. And you see, like, I remember when I was in first year, like, our guy flat kind of quickly sort of set ourselves up with a, a girl flat, so an equal number of girls and guys. Yeah, yeah, but this is up. like they're in a student house with just like a girl and four guys. That's an odd mix. That's, an, that's, that's a fucking shitty mix for the girl. <laughs> Man. No, thank you. Like I'm yeah, a dude. A lot, of, and, a lot of hormones going on in that there's house. A, there's a there's a lot of fucking crazy going on in that house. No thanks. And she's like trying to get them to buy actual food, and they're just like putting loads of frozen pizzas into the trolley. It's like watching a, a young mum with a bunch of kids trying to take them shopping, but they're all massive. And they're and just they getting like, a lot. They're just getting like chocolate cereal. And yeah, pizza. yeah. And she's like, "That's not food." And they're like, "Yes, it's food." We're adults now. We can decide what food is. Like you're not, yeah. you're you're really super not. You're really <laughs> super not adults. Uh, you think you are. Like you're kind of close to being adults, but you're you're still really not. You're really not. <laughs> um, so on that subject, I was listening to the Sunday Surgery as I do every week for the show. So so this this so this is this week's Tuesday Surgery yeah. coming at you on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this week's Tuesday slash Wednesday Surgery. <laughs> It's just like mine and G's tips for starting out at university because that's what they were doing on the Sunday yeah. surgery. Because we've been there, you know. Yeah. We're, we're still young. We're still cool. Yeah. We're, we we can we can help you. We're still cool, right, kids? Kids? Are we still I've got, cool? I've got some good advice for freshers. I think my first advice for freshers, like fresher guys, because that's who I can know how to give advice for. Yeah. It's like when you're chatting up that girl in in the bar. Make sure she doesn't have a boyfriend before you go back to her bedroom. Oh, shit. Okay, there's a story in this. <laughs> there's definitely a story in that. Are um, you going to hear it? 
Yeah, all right. Me and one of the guys I lived with, I'm pretty sure this happened in Fresh this week. Um, we're at this, this student bar. Um, to anyone who lives in Manchester, that's the Grovel. We're at Whitworth Park. Oh, um, the Gro- Grovel at Whitworth Park. The, Gro- the Grovel's sort of a famous uh, student hall. I mean, it's literally called the Grovel. It's yeah. a, it's basically a gym hall with a with some sofas, pool tables, and a bar selling. At that point, I think it was pints for £1.20. It's like, it was, those were the days, man. Anyway, carry on. Before, before um, so, I get all nostalgic. So, so basically, we, me, and, me and my mate, we kind of like, we found a couple of girls and, you know, we sort of like, we were chatting to them. We kind of like got on quite well. And they were like, hey, why don't you come back to us? And they're like, yeah, all right. Wow. Um, that is, that's literally never happened to me before. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was Freshers Week. So, yeah. I mean, like, there was quite a, a fair amount of that sort of stuff going down. I think um, that that's down to my my general self-sabotaging social demeanour in, in um, the early days of university. But carry on. Yeah. I mean, like, I anyway, so we go back to their place. We go into girls' bedrooms. Like They're like, oh, come and look at this in my bedroom. Um, so we split up and go our separate ways. Now, at this point we're sort of sat on the bed and i'm like who's that in that photo and she's like oh that's my boyfriend and like me not being a bitch yeah it's like well well, you're kind of like abort 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 because like i'm i I, i'd never do that at that you know until probably about a year or so later but (laughs) (laughs) this is when you still had morals (laughs) back when i still had morals um so like i'm like oh like um but let's see if there are any other people about. So, like, we go down to the living room and find her flatmates. I'm like, shit, what the fuck do I do next? It's basically me and a bunch yeah. of girls I don't know. And I'm like, hey, let's go to a bar. So, let's go to Student Union. And, like, so we go upstairs past the room that my, my other mate's in. I'm not going to mention his name because I think at this point he was still supposed to have been with his girlfriend okay, yeah. from back home. You know, on those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, he's, um, where he's really super not, but like it was too awkward for him to call it off before he went to yeah. uni. So he did the classic coward guy thing where he was just like, yeah, probably just work its all, it's all self out. I'll just, have, <laughs> I'll just have loads of sex and hope she doesn't slash does find out. Yeah, um, like basically, sort of. I like I could have walked past and noticed like the door slightly open. One of the other girls, I think, went in, and they're like not there. They're just like watching videos on this girl's computer, and he's looking kind of freaked out. And I'm like, "Hey, man, I think we're going to like another bar. Do you want to come with?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's go." And like on the way out, he's telling me that this girl was showing him like a video of i think it was like her ex-boyfriend he was like she had loads of piercings on him and then there was like a video of he him being hung by hooks what what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's not that's no. no so i think yeah a word of advice to um to our younger listeners um who maybe are starting out in this sort of world, you know, they're finally away from their parents and they're thinking, you know, this is the chance I've always been wanting to bring girls back, you know. Uh, talk to them. Find out a bit more before, yeah. like, literally, I think what we did was we bought them one drink and then we're, like, in their bedrooms. Yeah, like, girls <laughs> girls, girls who do that, maybe maybe going to have some issues. Maybe going to have some some underlying issues. Maybe you should be, maybe you should be finding out if you're cool with those issues before 
before things no, kick off. It may be a lot of fun. I'd say nine out of ten times it probably is. But, yeah. but <laughs> just well, do also, a little research. Well, like also, you're in university now. It's all about learning. Do yeah. your research. Yeah. Research. Research yeah. is That's what's, what's going important. on. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like just find some subtle way, like to say, you know, possibly just ask them, so are you single? Like yeah. somewhere in the conversation. That is totally a valid question. Definitely a valid question. Nobody know. would have any trouble with you asking that. One of the things I learned is people don't really mind if you're open and honest, like I find you attractive. Okay, fine. Yeah. Thank you for telling me. Now we, we can move past that area into the friend zone. That's great. <laughs> Because uh, if you're going to get friend zoned, you may as well do it on your own terms. Just do it straight. Just yeah, yeah. just get away from that. Am I going to get friend zoned here? Oh, I am. Okay, cool. That's fine. Let's just uh, let's just crack on with that, shall we? <laughs> so anyway. save everybody a lot of trouble in the long run. Trust me. Also, just when talking to anyone, this is a this is a point specific to me. Anybody who uh, knows me, especially a couple of years ago, uh, when I was a bit less humble than i am now um i will i well i used to and i do occasionally sometimes now when i'm drunk i'll kind of just automatically assume that i have a reasonable amount of knowledge yeah on a subject uh, in a conversation and if you do that you're just gonna look like a dick because you might have the the misfortune as i did at one one kind of like freshers mixer party to um strike up a conversation about anarchism with uh somebody who um somebody who's doing a politics degree and uh knows a lot more about that subject that you thought you know about uh than you yeah um and then you're like a dick the, the thing you will do like the question everyone will ask i will say is what are you doing? What subject are you doing? And what were your A-level results? Yeah. What are, what, what are you doing? What A-levels do you do? Yeah. And use those. Use those to advantage. You know, if there's that if that very attractive girl at the bar says that she's doing an English lit degree, talk about books. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, you may think that's an odd thing. She will be into books. I like. There's I a love, reason. Oh, I doing... love books. No, but just only like... if you only if you like books, though. Like, be yeah. careful. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> make sure you follow my advice as well, because don't yeah. just like start fucking talking about Brecht, like you um, know who the fuck Brecht is. He, he yeah. didn't write books. He was no, a playwright. He, it, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't know that when I referenced Brecht <laughs> the first year. You can look like a fucking tool, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, like, and also except a lot of the time, like, regardless of what happens, you will look like a tool, but it's fine. Yeah. You won't see most of these people for the rest of the time you're in university. Yeah. You know, you'll meet a girl in the lecture and then you'll go on a, like, um, you'll sort of go around and wander around the city you've just moved to and have, like, a, a fun and potentially romantic time out. And then you will literally never see her until your third year because you forgot to ask for her phone number. That happens. Also, what, what occasionally happens is um, you'll get on, you'll get in really well with the girl and, um, you know, you'll, um, you'll strike it off, seem like everything's going well and you'll, you'll meet up a couple of times and have a chat and then she'll invite you back to her place and you're like, wow, I could be in here. And the reason she's invited you back to her place is because you seem like one of her best mates at university and she's glad that she can finally strum up the confidence to tell somebody that she's a lesbian. <laughs> you can't see me but i'm like kind of pointing like buddy jesus now yeah. like yeah that yeah. happened to me just um, just take take your expectations and lower them a bit 
and maybe be a bit humble and you'll probably do all right. But make sure, yeah, make sure, don't expect too much from, from anyone. Maybe maybe someone will get the wrong impression has come out as gay to you because they think you're also gay. Oh, mate, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen too. Like lots of crazy shit will happen. Just deal with it. Just be yeah. polite. Just Expect say the unexpected. Yeah. Just say, oh, I didn't realise, but I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'm flattered. Gay. I'm, not gay. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. To say you're flattered because you probably are. Like yep. you know, it's always nice to be told that someone fancies you, regardless of their gender. Yeah. But you know, just say I'm flattered, but you know, gay guys no. be ballsy though. Yeah, no, they do. I I think in general, like there's a, there's a lot of uh, ballsy gay guys too. Yeah, they will just they'll just straight up tell you like. Yeah, like, I think I think we could, you know. Keep an eye. You might learn some lessons on how to speak to women from from, from gay men who are from coming on to you. Yeah, you just learn it's something. It's a bit twisted, but it, you know, you know, it might work. It might work. It might work better than whatever game you have as a first year already, which is fucking nothing. Yeah, you don't have a game. Also, other suggestions of what will happen to you in your first year of university. You know that girl from back home who you really fancied and kind of had a thing with. Well, she now lives on her own and might be inviting you around to stay with her. The evening before, don't get incredibly drunk and throw up everywhere. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you told me that story. Yeah, yeah. that was that's that was that was a story from when I knew you. So yeah. <laughs> I remember you like recanting that story to me like a few days later. Like I've done the most fucking stupid thing. Just yeah, think 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 in the long term. Think in the long term, stay humble and, you know, and, and don't be a dick and you'll probably be all right. Also, maybe go to lectures. Maybe. Probably, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe a couple. Yeah. Maybe like a couple. First year, it might not be as important. Like, let's face it, it probably yeah. isn't. But, it probably isn't. you know, there are some courses you do need to pass. So go to those. Yeah, go to those. Find out what those are early and you're going to save wasting your time. Yeah. Also, generally go to the first lecture just so you know which one the guy's going to take a roll call in. Yeah. Yeah. Because some, that's, some, that's some lectures they might, some lectures, they always go to the first lecture in everything yep. and then realize the ones where you can sleep in late or just not go to. Yep. I think we've, I think we've covered everything. I think, I think we've, we've covered everything. I, I think, think we've done all right there. We've, so, we've yeah. got a good, we've got a good guidebook for students there, yep. I think. Yeah. Also, you might live with an alcoholic. You know, bear with it. You'll have some interesting anecdotes to tell years later. <laughs> None of which will be shared now because None we're running of, out of time. We're running out of time. Maybe another time. Maybe. Another time. The the I lived with an alcoholic episode of The Errand of Mercy. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. So, that's yeah, be I think a fun and slightly harrowing episode. So I think um, I think we're kind of, we're, we're, we're we're wrapping up now. So thank you for listening to another episode. Um, I generally plug everything. I you plug stuff today, Simon. Okay, uh, we've got a Facebook group, which is um, which is Facebook slash, is it Errand of Mercy? Errand of Mercy. Yeah, well, you can word. find us if you search on Facebook for Errand of Mercy. We're the ones with the with the weird symbol, uh, that says. It looks like an E, an O, and an M, kind of having weird group sex, which I, I, I realised recently, and now I can never unsee I, it. I, I didn't think of that. Um, I, I, yeah, I've never seen that before. So do they look like a bunch of lizard, like gay, rad, you know? Yeah, they're like basically like the E and the M look like something's going on there. 
and uh, right. I'm not sure what the O's doing. I'm assuming yeah. he's in the in the background, maybe wearing sunglasses. It's like watching. Watching. <laughs> you know why they wear sunglasses in those porn movies when they're watching? Because they've taken loads of coke and have really bloodshot eyes. No, no, it's it's to hide the tears. Uh, right. <laughs> Similar, but, but Similar. yeah. I watched a documentary, it's fine. Okay. Um, we're also on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes by just searching Errand of Mercy. Um we're having some issues with the uh with the dates. Yeah. Uh, like I mean all, all all the shows are up and they all work. Um it's just for some reason they're all a bit out of order. Um it's fairly obvious which order they should be in the in there because it says like episode one, two, three, you know, yep. etc. Yep. Up so there. uh so yeah. so stock up. Um, also, uh, our our fan base is growing. September is already the um, the biggest um, month for downloads. So we've already had more down, downloads this month than we have any other month. So thank you everybody for uh, for telling yeah. friends, which is really fucking awesome. Yeah, as as, as I always say, please tell a friend because like we can't afford like adverts. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. rely on you, the listeners, to spread exactly. this. It's um, a word of mouth thing. Yeah, word of mouth, and and like it's it's really kind of helpful if you share the stuff on Facebook. Yeah, because like that means we've got a better idea of who's listening to our show. Yeah. Basically. Also, also, there's a little chart that we see on Facebook, and when that goes up, it makes me happy. Yeah, it's also it's really awesome as well because like I can find out lots of stats about you. Like I can I can give you a gender and age and region breakdown of our listeners, which is really exciting for me as someone who did economics and thus loves statistics. <laughs> it's also a little bit creepy, but you yeah, a little bit creepy, but, but bit not creepy. not super creepy. Like not, super not any more creepy than Facebook is anyway. No, exactly. So yeah, join the Facebook group, uh, spread the word. And we will be back next week for episode 17. Thank you for listening. And uh, keep it, keep it gay, rad and gay. Keep it, keep it rad gay. We yeah, haven't keep, said keep it post gay for a while. Seen, Maybe no. we should change it to keep it rad gay, radically yeah. gay. I, I was just, I, I'm, I'm really liking Teenage Mutant Ninja Homosexuals. Teenage Mutant Ninja Homosexuals. <laughs> Doesn't quite fit, does it? Doesn't quite fit. Heroes in a bathhouse. Turtle power. <laughs> I'm just a woman, a lonely woman waiting on a weary shore. I'm just a woman, but only human, one you should be sorry for. Got up this morning, along about dawn Without a warning, I found he was gone Why should he do it? How could he do it? He never done it before Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in these eyes telling you my blue, you'd be too. Every time with your man, done fell through. Was a time I was his only one, but now I'm the sad and 
Jam. As blue as the sky, 